sweet, sweet killer stash, by the way. Oh man. Thanks. I, uh, it's, I, it, it was a mistake. I, no, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was, uh, shaving uh-huh. like a, a trim, you know, like an electric razor. And I had like the guards. Yeah. I just wanted to get it. Cause it was like getting really bushy, uh-huh. but, uh, halfway through my thing died completely like the battery, everything. Uh-huh. And as I did it, it like took a big chunk out and I'm like, I can't save it. Right. I can't walk around with like, so I had to, it was a big mess, but yeah, basically this is just a result of a, you keep it forever. It looks a great. mistake. <laughs> you look great. You look like you're going to be on chips. <laughs> yeah. I've heard everything. I, my niece called me a uh, Bob's burgers. I don't know oh yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I've been called that basically any animated cartoon with a mustache. I've heard that from all the kids. It at looks school. great. It's nice and thick. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. I might put that in the podcast. <laughs> no, we have to. Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regler. Welcome back, everybody. This is Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla, along with the mustachioed Alex Regla. What's up, buddy? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, the it's funny. You know, like whenever you get like these. Uh, I've shaved for a lot of years, you know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm experienced at this point. And one of the best things about having a beard is you don't have to shave. Like you, it, it's kind of, you just let it, let it grow. And, uh, I made a fatal mistake this past weekend and I had to shave it off. And, uh, I just said, let's try the mustache. Let's see how this looks. Yeah. And, um, I it's, feel naked. My face feels naked. Yeah. Yeah. How many years has you had like a beard or some sort of I, facial hair? You know what? I had a beard for like maybe a good six years and then I shaved it not so long ago. And then I'm like, no, never again. I grew the beard back out mm-hmm. for a good like six months to a year and then all down the drain, literally. Yeah. Dude, it's uh, you kind of almost <laughs> forget what you look like, right? So there's, I haven't. I've, I'm the same as you. I've had a beard, facial hair since about 2014, something like that by now. I was a restaurant worker like through high school and college. So I had to shave every mm-hmm. single, like, and I worked a lot. So it was like every day I worked, I had to shave four or five days a week. It was shaving, shaving, shaving. I hated it. My neck would get irritated. Everything else would be fine. I just hated the whole process. Yes. And as soon as I left the restaurant industry and the bartending industry and all that, um, I was like, I'm never shaving again ever. And now I don't think I can. My fiance might murder me if I shave. How did the, how did the, how did that go with the lady? She, she's seen it before. And she's told me like in the past, like, you know what? I actually prefer the mustache, but I thought she was just being nice. And, uh, I, I just don't like the way I look. I don't, I maybe just some, cause I'm not used to it's it. New. Maybe that's it. And but I got to tell you, dude, I'm not, I'm not kidding with you. I, I'm not trying to make you feel better. When you logged on, we're on Zoom right now on people that are just, obviously this is not a video podcast. Um, when you logged on, I was like, does he always have a mustache? Cause it looks good. It doesn't look like weird, you know, like that's I appreciate the thing. I, it. That's I think that's like my biggest compliment. Like I thought you already had it. I wasn't even going to say anything, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's new. 
Yeah, it's definitely new. And uh, I've since I work at a school, I have nieces, I have nephews. I've already heard uh, all the uh, comparisons to guys like the dad from Bob's Burger, uh, the dad from Inside Out, basically any cartoon middle-aged man mm-hmm. with a mustache. I've heard it all so far. So I appreciate the nice words. Okay. I don't know the actor's name, but are you familiar with the movie Super Troopers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You look like the main, which character. one don't they all have mustaches in them? No, but you look like the, like the, Oh, what's his name? I'm like Googling right now. Uh, thorny. Yeah. Jay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll take it. Honestly, any, any non-animated comparison. I get a lot of cartoons. Like I get random. I, I don't know. I have a weird face. I think, cause I get a range of things like they would never tell you like this person or like this cartoon character or this so no it looks I, good i think you i think you should keep it first of all i think you should definitely keep it um, we'll see oh <laughs> um, i no one's seeing this but you but this is who i think you look like <laughs> <laughs> i'll take it okay yeah i, I thought that's who you were talking about yeah. so yeah yeah oh, i can the, see it i, I I'll, I'll post that later the mustache <laughs> is this exact picture this mustache is spot on with you dude it's wow like oh wow you're there. right yeah yeah thorny <laughs> From Super Troopers. If you're it. wondering what Alex Regal looks like, I would say that's very <laughs> accurate. Listen, there's two big changes in Lakers world so far. A, Frank Vogel got fired, and B, Alex Regal has a mustache now. The the biggest free agent signing so far, the mustache. Yeah, for sure. It is the it is the, the you know, things are changing. This is new new Lakers world, and Alex Regal has a mustache. It's great. <laughs> I think has the slack seen it? No, I don't even know if the Slack knows really what I look like. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I don't think We've I don't done a really, couple uh, Zoom meetings, and me and you are normally just muted and let yeah. Aaron do his thing and Anthony do their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of keep a low profile, I think. Yeah, but anyways, uh, today is not a podcast about the mustache, although I can talk about it forever. Uh, today we were. <laughs> I don't know. What the, I was going to say we were blessed with an interview, but I would not use the word blessed. Uh, Jeannie Buss today speaking publicly for the first time. And I don't know how long um, she spoke with LA times columnist Bill Plaschke. And as you could imagine, anytime anyone in power in Lakers world speaks uh, it, it uh, becomes news. And Jeannie was not short on giving us headlines. Um, I, uh, I, I listen, I really like Bill Plaschke. I think he's a, a very, um, as far as calmness goes, he's so seniority in LA that he can just kind of call out whatever he, he sees fit. I would say this is one for me, this was not one of his most hard hitting interviews. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you are looking for friendly fire, you reach out to someone that you know is going to be good to you. Like this wasn't genie bus going on Anthony's show and just getting pelted with questions. You know, this is Jeannie bus going to someone that she's probably very familiar with and knew that he would not totally bury her. And there wasn't a lot of follow-up context as far as questions were given. Um, he did ask questions that we all wanted to know whether he asked follow-ups. I don't know. He just didn't print them. I would say that's my first takeaway. I don't know if you thought, I mean, listen, it was, it, it served its purpose, I guess. Like she got out there on and she spoke, but I don't think it did her any favors. Yeah. I, I, as I read it, I I was trying to think like, 
from her perspective, what was she trying to accomplish uh, with this? I, I think she did say that given the way the season went and stuff like that, she said she made of like, felt like she had to make some type of statement given the, mm-hmm. the direction of the franchise going forward, how we're going to write the ship, like all that good stuff. But um, I'm not sure I walk away uh, from that interview feeling better yeah. than I did. I walked away pretty much feeling exactly how I felt, but reassured that I should feel that way, which is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel more concerned going forward that there's too many hands, too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, that, that, that's the way I'm looking at it. In, in an ideal world, there's an owner. There is someone in charge. There is a coach and there's a team. In an ideal world for me, is there, is there situations where there's a president of basketball operations and a general manager and a coach? Sure. But there's a lot of people that Genie Bus is trusting with a major offseason who don't even have titles for the Lakers and everything was absolutely confirmed. All the, the reports that we've heard for the past six months have all been confirmed. Genie bus is, I mean, the, the Rambus aren't going anywhere. They are ironclad. They are whatever position they are in. She trusts them and they are not going anywhere. Kurt Rambus is not going anywhere. Uh, his wife is not going anywhere. Linda's not going anywhere. Phil Jackson is now an official advisor to her. And it seems like their relationship, maybe not romantically is back, but they have a full blown relationship, whether it be professional or cordial. Phil Jackson is definitely helping. Magic Johnson is back. He is now being an advisor to Jeannie bus because she says that he always has my back and the best Lakers, best interest at heart. LeBron James and clutch are definitely being consulted in anything that's going on this off season. She, although she did say, and I'll just read it quote. So we just get this out the way quote. Do they have final say? No. Are they running the team? No, not at all. I am controlling owner of the LA Lakers. I am held accountable for every decision that's made here. Have not mentioned. Oh yeah. There's also a dude that does have a position general manager, Rob Palinka, who I guess has some say, uh, she says she fully trusts Rob Palinka in the role that he's in, whatever that role may be. So I go, I list down all the names that are your decision makers, advisors, consultants, confidants, friends, whatever you want to call them. Those are all the people that we knew already were there that are definitely going to be in the ear of Genie Bus this offseason. Yeah, more than anything else, there's just confirmation. Like you said, all those names that's been reported that have been connected to the franchise, been connected to having some type of voice uh, within the basketball moves. Um, She just basically came out and confirmed all those. Mm -hmm. Besides, obviously, she threw some water on maybe Linda Rambis's actual role and stuff like that because she has taken a lot of backlash about that. But the one that I, I think stood out more than any other, and I think the same for a lot of Laker fans was the uh, defense of Kurt Rambis and um, yes. her, her defense basically summed up as I, I think the criticism is, is unfair. And she wanted to remind people that he has a lot of experience in within the basketball sphere. Right. 
I'm very and, glad you start there because yeah. Jeannie, uh, if you haven't read the whole LA times article, go do that. But I think the guys, Harrison and, and Jacob did a fantastic job of breaking it down individually. Uh, and that's one of the first ones. Uh, if you go to silverscreenroll.com, Jeannie Buss calls criticism of Kurt Rambis quote unfair shoots down rumors. Linda Rambis is involved in basketball decisions. Why do I think you should go read this stuff is because Harrison and Jacob provide context to the, what bill does not provide context to mm. bill does one line of about his uh, winning percentage. It was like 28%. Yeah. But then Harrison really breaks down all the stuff that Kurt Rambis as a decision maker, as a head coach, his failures and why the criticism of him being such a important person in decision-making is important. So I draw everybody to go to silverscreenroll.com and read it. We're going to talk about it, obviously, but if you want to just read it and Alex, I'm sure that's exactly where you were going about the criticism. Isn't unfair. It's 40 years. And when he's been the main guy, it's been a disaster. I think that's the thing. And, and obviously we're not privy to maybe he has had some good input over the years and that stuff's not going to leak like that. We're not going to get that information. Maybe he was in favor of a certain player. Like we don't know that stuff. Obviously all we have to judge him by is literally his past coaching career, everything off the court, literally all that stuff hasn't been good. So mm-hmm. it's fair for us to kind of criticize that. And we've had reports in the past of, people within the organization outside of the organization kind of looking at that Kurt Linda situation saying like, it's like a family owned shop. They got over here. Like there's too many cooks in the the kitchen, like you said, and all that stuff. So I don't think it's unfair. And uh, if anything, after this interview, I feel like Kurt is, is basically safe. Yeah. I thought that, you know, with all the backlash, I, I felt like they might look at everything, but I think Jeannie basically just dug her toes in the sand and she's like, not, if anything, it, she's solidified those relationships even more this off season. I think she trusts them. I think she's going to go with them. And that's that, you know, I think that it's, there's not much else there to say about it. Uh, as far as the Rambus go, like the Rambi, whatever, they're not going anywhere. They have heavy influence. The whole Linda Rambus thing is weird to me. Um, because I think it's, she's trying to deflect, you know, she's just like, she's just someone that takes care of players once they're here. You know, she arranges their life for when they're here. She's been my advisor for 30 years. She's worked with the Lakers for 30 years. Why is everybody all of a sudden blowing it up? Uh, probably because the only reason Kurt's here is because of her. I And also, God, I need to remember who tweeted this out, but I think it was the last time the Lakers did a coaching search one of the tweets of the people who are involved or who was in the group who were going to go meet with coaches was Linda Rambis. Mm-hmm. That's pretty unusual. Even I, I'm not saying her role or job is unusual. Every team has a Linda Rambis who handles those types of things, but usually they're not involved or going on trips to, to be a part of coaching searches. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's something that it's usually out of their uh, job title. Um, so the, that's a very interesting thing just to hear her even just defend it is, is very interesting. And I'm sure, I don't think she was surprised by any questions. I would say in my attempt to tell you that I think she knew what questions were coming. Um, that was one of the headlines, another headline on silverscreenroll.com that obviously drew a lot of ire was Jeannie bus says she expected Lakers to go further, 
because of how much she spent on luxury taxes. Um, <laughs> I don't really know where to go with that one. Uh, here's the quote. I'm growing impatient just because we had the fourth highest payroll in the league. When you spend that kind of money on the luxury tax, you expect to go deep into the playoffs. So yeah, it was gut-wrenching for me to go on a limb like that and not get the results that we were looking for. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. I think it's a very interesting dynamic to hear her speak that way when we have been talking about how cheap they've been. Of I think pretty much the the rest of the article, she seemed to like understand where her people who have critiqued her this past season have come from. And I think like, I'm not sure if Bill asked her directly about the Kurt Linda situation or what, but for her to drop that uh, tax line in there felt a little uh, missing the point or missing why a lot of people have been frustrated with her because you wouldn't drop. Um, I paid a lot of luxury tax and I, that's the reason why. Right. Like I'm growing a patient, especially given the Alex Caruso situation, everything else has happened this year. That it's, just felt a little narrow sighted and kind of missing the point. I think like if you were the owner of the blazers and you were spending the fourth most in luxury tax, I could see that you're the owner of the LA Lakers. You're printing hundreds of millions of dollars every single year, you know, and then to even bring up how much you're paying was just, it just, you could have, put a big old bold excuse stamp on that part right there. You know, like it's, uh, I mean, they did a great job again on silver screen run. I'll just read you some of the stuff that Jacob mentioned, obviously the Alex Caruso, the, however you look at it, they did offer him a contract that was well, what he got on the market. Uh, the whole PPP loan thing that was meant for small businesses during the COVID pandemic. Why did the Lakers apply for a loan from the government? Um, they let go of their training staff member, never replaced her. Uh, I don't remember this part, but I guess it, the Scott Brooks wanted to be on the coaching staff, but they got outbid by the trailblazers. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So they did like, there's a lot of things you could point out where the Lakers have, have cut corners financially. And I think if you're the Lakers, you're one of the premier franchises, if not the premier franchise in the NBA. I don't think you should ever be complaining about money. That's like, imagine Steve Ballmer coming out and complaining about money. It's just not something that you ever want to hear from your owner. And, and although like, to be frank, although it's a big reality and like, even if you're the richest of the rich that you feel that in your pocket, but at the same time, as a fan, like I, I think you could care less about luxury tax in terms of what your owners have to pay. Um, yeah. So that, that was the one thing that just felt of all the things in that article that she just kind of missed the point or, or that kind of gave me reason to worry a bit. Like I, I think more than anything, I went into reading that article wanting to feel like she, I'm not saying everything's her fault, but at least that her or the organization are aware of the mistakes that happened this past off this past season. And I came out after the article feeling like, I'm not sure what was learned here. I think that we had, an episode at some point during the season where we're talking about like blame pie and how much percentage you would give to each. Like I would give a lot of it to Jeannie because at the end of the day, she's the one hiring these people and making the decisions. Um, if you're not enabling Rob Polinka to make the final decision, like who's enabling, who's not enabling Rob Polinka, you know what I mean? Like it always is going to get pointed to her. At least she said that how much she actually believes that and wants that actual criticism. Like she, like I started off this podcast by reading her quote that 
ultimately she's the decision maker and all the things come down to her. I don't know if she actually means that. I think that's a good thing to say, especially a thing like this, but is Jeannie bus really responsible for the actual decisions? Cause it doesn't feel like it. It feels like she's hiring people or paying people to just kind of tell her what to do, which takes me back to my original point of hire a basketball person and get out of the way. Cause right now she's very much in the way it feels like. Yeah. And then if you're, if, and that's fine. Like the owner doesn't have to be the smartest person in the room. And usually they're not usually, like you said, they hire a basketball person to do that. And, um, it goes back to just having so many, like if you're, if you're not the singular voice, she may be the person and probably is the person and most likely is the person signing off on every single move. Um, then hire people, you know what, but then maybe that, again, I, I think that's why she does surround herself with people she's familiar with, people like Phil and Kurt, who do have a lot of experience, but at the same time, experience doesn't always equal uh, results. Like mm-hmm. Phil, outside of the Bulls and the Lakers, has been pretty awful in his coaching jobs and front office jobs. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing, too. It's yeah. like she's talking about the success that these guys have had but they haven't had it in the positions that you hired them for, you know, like it's like calling LeBron James an Oscar worthy actor. Like just because he's a great basketball player doesn't mean he's a good actor. We all saw space jam too, you know, like being a, a decision maker, a talent evaluator is a lot different than being a head coach. You know, as a head coach, you're managing personalities. You're dealing directly with the players every single day. You're in the locker room. Every, you're traveling with the team. As a general manager, as a president of basketball operations, you don't go to every game. Your job is to find talent that's going to work together. Your, your job is to find that coach. Your job is to, is to build an organization from top to bottom to get the best training staff, to get the best scouts, to get the best athletic department possible. So to go and consistently go like, try and throw the resume on the table. It just doesn't work because their resume doesn't apply to this job. Like it just like such a basic thing that they don't get, or they just keep going with this, with this spin, you know, they're also just so insulated. Like, I, I, again, just naming the names I mentioned, we, in that article, you mentioned like everyone is a past Laker and that's cool. Like that has its perks. Like that, that loyalty does. That's a, like a positive when you're selling players and coaches, like you're going to be taken care of, like after you're done with here with us and stuff like that. But right. at the same time, like you have to have some new fresh voices in there. Yeah. Like at what point, For sure, I, like, dude. why, why is Kurt Rambis, Linda Rambis more, at least publicly, like why did those names hold more value than a Jesse or Joey bus mm-hmm. who actually have basketball positions? Right. And in positions, I would say, are the strongest within the organization, the scouting department. And she why might are tell these you, names and, bigger? Like, And she might tell you, well, they're the reason why we hired Frank Vogel and we won a championship. You know, I think that would be her comeback. I think like these are the same people that helped me, helped us find a coach and we got Frank Vogel and we won a championship. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, and again, we don't know who has the loudest voice in there. It could be the the brothers. We don't know. I, I would guess probably not. I didn't really feel like they're involved at all. They didn't come up in this article once. That's the thing. 
Jim came out in the article before the the, the two. <laughs> so um, yeah, that, it's a yeah. It's you bring up a great point. I saw Anthony tweet about this. A fresh voices, new ideas, modern basketball, modern minds, younger minds. How about younger minds? They're not always better, but if you're gonna if you're gonna round out, if you're gonna get this and get a powwow going of how to do things, yeah, new, fresh, younger, modern minds, different. Yeah, it's it. I think it would be incredibly helpful. But well, like I, you know, I, I mean, you could argue that's what Polinka was supposed to be when the first time around. I mean, they had Mitch Kupchak, who was this older, uh, very by the book in all his basketball moves, um, never leaked in terms of moves ever coming. And then you get a Polinka, who's the savvy, up and coming, uh, really respected agent. And that's where the league is going. We're, we're bringing on eight. We see Bob Myers in Golden State. We're going to get our own Bob Myers. We're going to hire Polinka. And obviously, they win championship. Not saying he's perfect. Obviously not. But at least they tried something there. I wonder what their next follow-up is if it fails again. Because like Plashke said, like she isn't happy. And last time she wasn't happy, Kupchak was gone. Her brother mm-hmm. was gone. Um there was changes this time, at least based on the article, it seems like they're just going to double down with what they got. So I wonder what, what fresh, like, how does it get fresh in that organization? Uh, Jeannie quote, we don't like to be missing the playoffs. I understand the fans anger and frustration. I've got to make it better. If we are not living up to the Lakers standard, absolutely. I will look at everything. I will make the hard decisions because that's what you have to do. So everything is, Everything, right, Genie? From who do you think that who do you think that's aimed towards? Rob Palinka. Yeah. Rob Palinka's a fall guy. I said it already. Like I've said, I I will tell you every single week. If this doesn't work, Rob Palinka may not make it through the season. Not that it matters as a GM at that point, but who takes over if, if Rob Palinka's gone? Kurt. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> that seems like the most logical, at least in terms of public names power stuff like that that seems like the logical next guy yeah bill phil and kurt together <laughs> Tag team. Um, so let's just keep going because i think i want to get to this part about uh she confirmed that phil jackson is um is helping her in the search uh she confirms that she is listening to lebron james getting input from him is how she said it getting input from him and then she also went and this one really really bothered me the magic johnson one magic johnson is now a decision maker i guess i mean how is how do you would you describe the way she described magic johnson a friend a consultant an advisor to me it really sounded like he's kind of back in the same role without the title yeah, it, it sounds I may be like drawing too much from that, but maybe not. No, it sounds like she goes to him like at least whenever she has any issues. That seems like a pretty strong voice. Quote, bottom line, the Lakers are important to him and he wants the Lakers to win and he wants the Lakers to be on top. I know that's in his heart and I trust him and my relationship with him is as good as it's ever been. Plashki asked, so are you relying on him again? Quote, absolutely. 
I, I, again, another guy, another person who, yeah, in, in name value is awesome. A credible player, one of the best ever. Anything else? Not so much. Uh, and it's, given how he left that organization, it's still kind of mind blowing that it, it, it boggles. Oh, oh my God, dude. It confuses me so much, man. Someone does that to you, just leaves you high and dry. And then she just for like, just forgives and forgets everything, you know, like I don't know her relationship with Phil Jackson. I'm not trying to be all mean about her personal life, but that's weird too. Isn't it? But was it magic even like this year going on first take or other yes. places and like blasting Palinka or blasting the Lakers? Or... Yes. And his that's Twitter. So weird. <laughs> so weird. Like his smile is that contagious. His smile is that contagious. Uh, today on Twitter, Magic Johnson <laughs> tweets My sister and Lakers owner Jeannie Buss was sincere, honest, and direct with her feelings about this season in a new LA Times article. She wants and expects things to change for the Lakers next season. And Jeannie is the sole decision maker for the Lakers organization. Job well done at Jeannie Buss. Your father, Dr. Buss, who was like a father to me, would be very proud of how direct and honest you are in this interview. These guys love taking credit and patting each other on the back and running away from any sort of accountability. That is the Lakers front office. They just love patting each other on the back. Love telling each other how good of a job they did when, when that championship season and everything else that went bad. Oh, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. Yeah, man. I, 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 the, I, the magic Johnson thing bothered me the most. I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know why the Rambus thing. I already knew the Phil thing, the LeBron thing, the Palinka thing, the magic thing bothered me the most. It really, really did. I don't want magic anywhere near the Lakers organization. Like I just, I just don't. You know, like when he was in charge, were the Lakers this amazing team? No. Were they building some amazing, like people are always bringing up like, oh, he drafted Lonzo instead of Jason Tatum. You know, like it's just, I don't want magic anywhere near. I don't. Yeah. I mean, at some point, like I would just hope that there's lessons learned. And again, like um, this article is just kind of confirmation that it's status quo, at least for this year. I don't see massive changes happening. I think they already would have happened. Like you don't fire Plink mm-hmm. at this stage. Nope. Uh, maybe you do it later in the year, but not before the season, not while you're doing coaching search before free agency. You do that weeks ago, months ago before you, and then you get a new guy in there right, right away. So they fired Vogel and it just seems like that's going to be the change they make. I guess. I don't know, man. Like I just, I, the, there, there was dudes working out in pre-draft workouts today. Like I'm sure Blink is doing uh, did, something. Did you see who was working with him? No. Fizdale. So does that mean, is, are we just assuming Fizdale is going to be on the staff? Head coach has just got to take Fizdale. Didn't every, there. didn't every coach get retained? No, I, I, not from the previous, like when not like, Vogel, not Vogel like re- came out he picked on, he only kept Simon, Miles Simon, I think. I thought. He brought on his staff. Like, he brought Jason Kidd. Well, although Jason Kidd was kind of, no, what I'm saying is, and I could be completely wrong. Sorry if I am. Didn't like they retain like when they fired Frank Vogel, they only fired Frank Vogel for now. Didn't everybody else stay on? Like, well, Handy I don't know. If, everybody, I don't actually know what Phil Tan- Phil Handy's status is. The last time we heard of Phil Handy, he wants to be a head coach. Pretty recently, he went on a interview and said, "I want to be a head coach." So, 
I, I honestly don't know. Fizdale was working out with the, with the guys today and someone mm-hmm. has to, so I'm not, I'm not trying to like read too much into that, but I'm just saying like, we were a little concerned about the next head coach having the power that that guy's going to want. I think everyone's still on dude. Not maybe not everyone, but I think the coaches are still on staff. It, this from five days ago, you said Phil Handy says he's ready to be a head coach. Jacob described him as the current Lakers assistant. Yeah. I mean, maybe then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, if you're a head coach, you kind of want your own people there. Oh, for sure. That's what I'm saying. So like, I hate when, and I'm sure they're gonna force people upon the new coach, but I think if you hire, like it just doesn't work this way in the Lakers organization. When you hire someone, you give them autonomy for a step, bring whoever he wants on. But we know that's not no, how it not goes. the Lakers though. We know that's not how it goes. Uh, here's the final headline, at least from for me, Alex. If you have anything else, we can definitely talk about it. G Bus has no plans to sell the Lakers. Quote: I'm not going anywhere. Not surprised. Didn't ever think she would. I don't think that she would ever do that because of her father. I don't. I genuinely don't think. Listen, I brought it up as a joke last week, but that whole thing about talking to your dad via medium, like Jeannie bus still truly cares about the legacy of her father. I don't see her ever selling the Lakers unless things go completely upside down. Yeah, no, I, I, I never thought that was realistic. Uh, yeah. And you see it all over Twitter, like fans adding her and like to sell the team like that. No, that's just not going to happen. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's really it. The Lakers valued at 5.5 billion, by the way. And they are now trailing the Warriors at 5.6 billion and the Knicks at 5.8 billion as the most valuable franchises in the NBA. When the Warriors become so valuable, is it because the new arena? Do they own that arena? They might. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, they are in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. So going into the article, where were you? Where was your optimis, optimism level with the Lakers before the article? At one to ten, where were you at? Oh, <laughs> don't ask that question. Come on, man. I'm just curious. How, well, last how week, I'm the guy, last week, I'm the guy that said that they're going to hire someone completely tank fire Palinka, get a new coach and start all over after this year. Um, so that tells you, I don't have a number, but three. <laughs> and then after the article, uh, 2.5. <laughs> oh man, you're so low. Um, yeah, I think I, I might've dipped just a little bit. It's right I, now though. Like it's just now, like, let's see the draft. Let's see the moves. Let's see the roster. And then I'll reevaluate right now. May 10th, 2.5. Yeah. Like nothing in this article really, really like upset me. Like nothing was new. I don't think it was just more of confirmation. I think the magic thing was new. It was about it. Yes. Yeah. Like officially on paper, you know, like. I, I mean, anytime she does any of these, cause it is rare that she yeah. does these and, yeah. and she said it herself. She like, she learned that from her dad. She did. She wants to have the focus on the players, on the front office, on the coaches. Like she wants to not be the public figure. So it is like very noteworthy when she does a long one like this. So, um, I mean, it's interesting that she did it. And I mean, she seemed like she was passionate about like riding the ships. So I don't think they're just going to go into next season uh, new head coach and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. I think the roster is going to see some drastic makeover, but I mean, we're going to have to see. Yeah. We're going to have to see. I just realized that I follow two teams with the exact same like ownership. I follow Manchester United 
soccer team. And I know that's a very, not a lot of people do, but they are one of the richest, most valuable fran- franchises in soccer. And they also have one of the most expensive, like decked out rosters, like with big names like Cristiano Ronaldo and all fans want the owner out like all of them. Cause they just keep throwing duct tape on a sinking ship. Like it's, it's the same thing. Like Manchester United is the same thing as the Lakers. They legit have a family run ownership, not a corporation, not a good, they have a family run ownership. They have big name players and they suck. And I would the, say like, and the owner really like, how do I just like, he keeps hiring man, you guys, mm. you know, like instead of going out and getting, which they finally are, but like before this, they just kept getting guys that get man United, you know, and it's just the same thing. It's depressing. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, as you said that, like I immediately, I thought of like the WWE, like you have kind of, it's actually pretty similar. You have the McMahon family mm-hmm. who run the entire thing. The, the owners, Vince, the daughter, Stephanie, who runs, is probably going to own that whole company when Vince dies. Uh, Shane, the son, is involved. Stephanie's husband, Triple H, is heavily involved. It's very insulated. And uh, there's a lot of criticism with the product and how they kind of rely on old stars to just come in every WrestleMania. We just saw Stone Cold come back. That was great though. It, it was fun. Uh, so yeah, it's very similar how, how these companies kind of, as huge as they are, kind of very have like this tight knit family at the center of it all. At the end of the day, most org- sports organizations, if not all, are just owned by billionaire families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just some just know how to do it more better than others. <laughs> oh man. What a day in Laker world. What a day. I've been on Twitter all day today. It's been not, a, I hope Jeannie's not on Twitter today. That's what I'll say. I wonder how much she like looks at this stuff. I mean, she looks at it. I just wonder how much. Do you know too, like something, I don't know what happened, but, and this, maybe I should do some research really before I even say anything, but whatever, like the, the Lakers PR guy. Okay. So the Padres PR guy left to the Lakers to be their main PR guy was there for like five months and bailed back to the Padres. Uh, again, I Harrison would know this more than me. Other people would know this more than me, but uh, I believe like their, the Lakers media relations was pretty thin this year, specifically yeah. with number of people on it compared to seasons past. So I, I don't It's like John black was there forever. Right. I think it was John Black. Yeah. And when the Padres guy went, I was like, well, that's a, that's a big jump from Padres to Lakers. And he was there for like four months. And like, that's the main guy, you know? And then he, something there, dude. So there's something going on in that team, in that organization, man. Cause I was like, Hey, what a time to uh, join the Lakers. And he's like, yeah, super excited. And he came back and I was like, Hey, had a good time. And he was like, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. Anyways, uh, just weird. Anyways, Alex, this is great. Keep the mustache, everybody. Are you going to put a picture up? No, I'll okay. put up a picture of everyone I've been compared to so far, though, so people get an idea. If you and start I'll doing that, I'll put mine. I'll put, yeah. uh, so subscribe, silverscreenroll.com, Spotify, Apple, Google. Uh, Alex, you can catch his work at Alex M. 
Regla on Twitter. I'm Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86. We'll see what happens next week, dude. Yeah, we'll see uh, which new coach becomes available, which new coach gets hired. And uh, is it interesting they're looking at draft guys? I forgot to mention that. I mean, they have. do they have draft picks? No. They have zero draft picks. They have zero draft picks. So, oh, so I'm guessing they're going to buy a pick or, or sign a undrafted free agent or whatever. But uh, yeah, so we even have that to look forward to more names being worked yeah. out. Or Rob just looking like he's doing some work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to everybody next week. This is Taco Tuesday. Alex, thanks. Thanks.